Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Today's guest is Champaign County Recorder of Deeds, Mark Sheldon. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon. You were elected Champaign County Recorder of Deeds in 2016. Your office receives, files, and maintains records related to property in our county. You also record foreign birth certificates, marriage license, and military discharge paperwork. To those of us who aren't organized, it sounds like a lot of paperwork. Why did this particular office appeal to you? Well, it's... It's interesting. Um, when I was county clerk, and of course in many counties, county clerks and recorders are under the same official. And so, you know, I got to know a little bit about it. So I was in committee, the statewide committees where I hear about it. But um, for me, the attraction, I think, to the office was one, getting back into county government in general. Uh, I always tell people I've worked at the state level, I've worked at the federal level, I've worked at the county level, now my second stint. Um, it is fantastic when you can walk down the hall and get a problem resolved. Um, and that's what we can do in county government. And I really, really appreciate that part of it. I didn't realize, kind of like when I became county clerk, I didn't realize how much of the job I would love. And I've come to love this job way more than I expected. Um, there is a lot of paperwork. Uh, it fits really well in with my technological background. I'm a database guy and trying to get a little bit more up to speed on other aspects of uh, technology. But my strong suit is database uh, technology. And so I'm doing tons of things to get more records online, uh, get more records accessible, try to increase the usage of our office by people who pay us subscription fees, doing a lot of things like that. So trying to make an office that runs more efficiently and provides greater service to the public. I did a lot of that when I was county clerk. That was, you know, when you're running elections, uh, there's a lot of front and center things that everyone sees. And then behind the scenes, there was a lot of stuff happening that saved the county a lot of money, made the elections um, more accessible to the public. And that's one of the things I really enjoy about government and doing government right. We're going to get into your county clerk stints in a second. From 2011 to 2013, you were chief of staff for former Congressman Tim Johnson. Tim Johnson was notorious for following up with constituents, making personal phone calls, being accessible. Do you think the current mentality of many public servants, not all, is so different from that of Congressman Johnson? Right now, we, we I think we have a crisis in governance. I think we're finding it increasingly difficult to find good people to step up to the plate and run for office. And as campaigns get nastier, as governance, the, the actual process of making laws gets nastier. I think it's going to be increasingly difficult to find people. Then what the other dynamic I think that's happening that is not helping this process at all is our campaigns are being run by by mercenaries. Um, so people are running campaigns who have no vested interest in the community that they're running the campaign in. So you know, I ran some tough campaigns for a number of people in this community. I was always here. And I always thought the campaigns, as tough as they were, were always fair and always honest. You know, what I see coming down right now, I see a lot of kind of nastiness and distortions and things that aren't true that from both sides. And I think that um, because of that, campaigns are being driven by how much money can you raise so I can spend a bunch of money on television and radio ads and direct mail and the consultant class that is running our campaigns really has no interest in politicians meeting voters. 
And I'm very concerned about that because at the, at the core of it, you're a better candidate when you're meeting lots of people and you're definitely a better elected official when you're meeting lots of people. Right now I'm going out and visiting. So last night I went up to Newcomb Township, visited the township board meeting in north of Muhammad in Newcomb Township. Then I swung by and went to the Bonville Village meeting just to let people know I'm there. What do you have? I mean, there was a little give and take, and we had some interesting conversations about some of the things we're doing and how we can try to work together. But that type of interaction, we're losing that, I think, on the governing level. And I think it's it's bad for our America. And hopefully, we're not going to be in this community. I still think that there's a really strong um, culture where there's an anticipation that you're going to go out and meet voters. I don't think that happens everywhere. And I don't think it happens. Certainly when you start getting to Congress, it's not happening at all. Let's talk about County Clerk. When I met you and you served from 1997 to 2011, you were elected to the position four times after being appointed in April of 1997. You revamped technology. Most notably in 2008, you fully implemented a new voter registration system. How exactly did that system benefit voters? I stole a system. I was looking around at different systems, but the best system I could find was in Lake County. Uh, They spent literally at least a million dollars. I think it might have been two. And then they had subscription fees every year, hundreds of thousands. And I looked at that system and I thought, "We we can do this. So we ripped off all their ideas. And so what it does, because it's an in-house system, what we can do is build off of that. So the first thing it did when I was there is it made the process at the polling place that much more efficient. We had we were able to take multiple precincts, for example, and create one polling book that included those multiple precincts. I was just actually, I participated in the uh, discovery recount in Macon County. And they actually had a problem with their combined polling places where they had more than one precinct in a polling place in terms of keeping track of the number of ballots that were used. Our system, because we designed it in-house, I was able to kind of do something to track in those multiple precinct polling places to make sure that our ballot counts were accurate and that we could track each and every ballot for each and every polling or precinct. So there were little things like that. It gave us the ability to expand. So then later on, as Gordy decided um, to go with electronic poll books, that was something that we were able to do in Champaign County that other counties could not have done except at very, very high cost. And we were able to do all that programming in-house at a much more reasonable cost. So the system can be built upon. We were the first county in the state to put our your actual ballot online so you could put in your information and here's your specimen ballot that you're going to see when you go to the polling place. We were the first county in the state to do that. So there are lots of examples of, uh, I think, how the system was better and, of course, it saved a lot of money. And, of course, again, you're a technology guy. Prior to serving as recorder of deeds, you had a technology and political consulting business. Among your areas of work were data integration and digital marketing. Based on what you did as a consultant, what technological advances do you want to do in your current office? Well, that's uh, that's very interesting. So the first thing I'd say is I'm already doing some of that. So when we talk about data integration, what we're talking about is how do you take different data sources and have them talk to each other and maybe serve your own needs better or other people's needs? So one of the things I did here in the last uh, last in November, uh, Wayne Williams, who's the Cunningham Township supervisor, and I 
I took his assessment data for the city of Urbana, I took my recording data, and then I took the voter file, and I took those three, and we identified 200 people in the city of Urbana who were eligible for a senior citizen's homestead exemption. We'd save them about $500 on their property taxes, and we were able to mail them a letter, and I'm not sure how many people have already signed up, but is many, many people are now receiving that exemption. And what was very interesting, we plotted them on a map, and I think Wayne and I had a notion that it would um, kind of be maybe centered around lower income, less wired in, informed, maybe people who don't get the paper and all that. But no, it was kind of spread out. But, you know, I was looking at homes and thinking, you know, I don't know if they're poor or not, but if the home's worth about Forty or fifty or sixty thousand dollars. Most people in a home like that, when they're saving five hundred dollars, that's a really big deal. And so that was data integration. One of the other big things that I'm working on right now is uh, so Brad Halbrook, who's uh, the state rep for the southern part of Champaign County and Douglas, Shelby, Moultrie counties. He came to us about two years ago. Met with the county officials in our county, all over the, his district. Said, "Hey, what can we do to make your life better?" So I was thinking about it, and I came up with the idea of, hey, can we start doing electronic notifications where we're actually, you get a tax bill in the mail, you're not getting your credit card bill or your power bill or your water bill in the mail, you're getting them through email, but your tax bill, your assessment notice, all these things are coming through the mail. Can we do that electronically? And so... um, there's staff in Springfield who probably doesn't understand county government as well as I do, not to brag, but not as well as dozens of hundreds of people I know. They kind of punted. So I ended up drafting the bill, thought it was really good. Um, shocked, I uh, got a call from Speaker Madigan's office a year ago. And I'm like, wow, they're really interested. And sure enough, um, it got called and it's now law. It got signed by the governor in August. And so what it's going to do is allow us to once again, integrate our data and get the clerk, the circuit clerk, uh, the assessment office, the treasurer's office, and create a place where people can voluntarily sign up, get their tax bill electronically, and then be able to log in and say, okay, what are all the things that I'm, you know, what did I get last year? So you can go back and look at your tax bill, look at your deed from my office. We spend about a quarter of a million dollars in Champaign County on postage. So we know we can reduce that significantly if we get more people signed up. But more importantly, you can't go and remind people. You can't say, well, let's find all the people and let's send them an email or a reminder through the mail. It's just not going to happen. It's too expensive. When you got email, reminders are free. And so hopefully we can get increased response rates, for example, on jury notices. If you get it in the mail and you set it aside and you forget about it, if you got it on your smartphone... You're going to click that hyperlink. You're going to be right there in the jury survey that you have to take. So hopefully our response rates will be higher. So that's the other big part. Um, And once again, that's on the data and technology side. And I really believe in the next year we can make that happen. One of the things in your bio, and it sounds from what you're saying, that you have a record of fiscal discipline. That's how you phrased it. People question why we can't merge the recorder of deeds into another county office. Tell me why you think keeping this position is crucial. You can always um, save money in every organization by getting rid of people. So the question isn't about whether or not you're going to save money. The question is, what level of service are you going to 
provide once you save that money. So I can go into the county clerk's office right now and I can fire somebody and we've saved money. Oh, but maybe the bills aren't getting done on time or the, the ballots aren't being produced on time, et cetera. So, so that's the first question we have to ask is, are we going to be able to provide the same level of service? And it's been hard to explain exactly to people what I'm doing and why I think this is a bad idea sometimes. But the, the, the most recent thing I'm trying to tell people is it's kind of like a small business. And when you got a big business, there always seems to be maybe a layer of overhead, mid- middle level management you can get rid of. A small business, that small business person is actually doing work. You can't just say, we can just eliminate you and merge you or something like that. And that's kind of what our office is. It's kind of a small business office. We have a small number of people, all hands are on deck. So so that's the first way to look at it. I have special projects that I'm working on. In fact, we just got a, a nice little write-up, uh, Community Choices is a... Um, county-funded program uh, here in the in Champaign County. What they do is they find work opportunities for developmentally disabled, challenged uh, folks. So I worked with them and found two temporary workers. Uh, they each work about 15 hours a week. Well, what we're doing is we're using these two gentlemen and then my technical skills, and we're doing what it would be about a $450,000 project. It's going to cost us about $70,000 take us about three years to do it. That's a lot of work for me. So if I'm gone, those two guys have nothing to do because nobody could do what I'm doing for the amount of money I'm getting paid to do it. That's like a special project that would go away. How important is that? Well, I think it's pretty important. Others might not think so, but for a long term, um, where we're going, and of course, uh, you know, technology keeps moving and advancing, I think one of the advantages to what we're doing is I think we will be as well positioned as anybody when the move starts to go into the blockchain technology for recording, which is coming. Um, we'll be better prepared than anybody, and that's exciting. Let's talk about the three Republicans left in a countywide office. I can interrupt you, can I? Yeah, you can. One of the things i it's interesting is accountability um, in offices, and, and it's a real challenge in, in government because we have appointed and elected officials, and we've had appointed officials that have been bums, and we've had elected officials that have been bums. We've had appointed officials that have been extraordinary and elected officials that are extraordinary. As citizens, we have to be engaged and informed, and we all have to kind of be the watchdog. Um, and so, of course, we have a free press that does some of that. You're doing some of that right now. Whatever I'm doing, um, one of the things I believe about my office is it can always get better. And so somebody walking in the door saying, hey, you ought to do this. I'm, I'm all ears. So come to me with your new ideas. My idea is that there need to be better polling options at the union. I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> You're now one of three Republicans to hold a countywide office. It, it was a blue wave. You see, you like my transition? Uh-huh. You said we had people showing up to vote those voters some of them are low information voters they just keep voting democrat all the way down first of all mark sheldon were you referring to students as low information voters well actually i was referring to lots of people i i had somebody and i i think it was i know i wasn't referring just to students um i had one or two people think that i was um but i think that's been part of the dynamic in champaign county elections is that as the electorate gets bigger and it includes people who are less engaged, that, yeah, I think they, they are less informed through the news media, through the newspaper, 
maybe less inclined to go and find information. So then it becomes incumbent upon us. It makes it that much harder to go and find those people. But of course, the electorate gets bigger. So it's a real challenge. And so if people are inclined to vote Democrat, you've got to give them a reason not to. And that's a lot of legwork and that's a lot of work for us. And so I think those of us who are on the ballot this time have our work cut out for us. I mean, I routinely have told people if if you got to bet your house, bet against me. I, I, I think I'm going to win. I'm going to work my tail off, do a great job in office, and do a great job on the campaign trail. And, and um, Lord willing, I'll get another shot at this. If not, uh, there's I know there's another life that uh, to be had that will be wonderful as well. But going back to that problem of governance, people are very busy. I think when I talk to candidates and we're going out there and if I was out knocking on doors at six o'clock on a Tuesday evening, I think I was getting in 1997, 70% of the doors, somebody was there opening up and talking to me. And now it's more like 20%. You know, people either aren't answering or they're busy and they're out doing their thing, uh, all the things that are going on. So it's hard to reach people. And so how do people become informed? You know, it, and about the recorder of deeds? I don't know. It's going to be very challenging to get out there and convince people that they need to take two minutes out of their week to learn about me and the, what I think are the great things we're doing in the office. I have a second of all follow-up question, just out of curiosity. How many Democrats did you vote for? I'm just curious. Aha, none, <laughs> See? I believe. How can you harsh us for doing it? I would say a couple things. If you don't take the time when you can, there's plenty of opportunities to get informed. You don't take the time. Um, I think the one that probably hurt the most. I think the sheriff's race is the one that got people. I think when I talk to people around the community, they're really bothered by, there was probably no greater disparity that I've ever seen maybe in a county race between the qualifications, ability of one person over another. Uh, So hopefully the new guy, these are the one one new official I believe the only one that I haven't talked to yet. So I need to, yes, I need to make sure I make, make a call to him and get together with him. But I'm pretty confident I didn't vote for any uh, Democrats, um, which is um, generally the way I am. But I also, I'm pretty well informed. Have you ever uh, thought life might be better as a Democrat? Someone asked you that once. You said not even for one minute of one day. What makes us so hateful. I think one of the things that's kind of interesting right now is do people really know what why they are what they are? I'm a Republican because I believe in free markets and uh, and so I'm strongly in favor of that freedom to make economic decisions uh, for yourself and have the government stay as much out of that as possible. And then also just, I guess, kind of, I feel like Republicans are the party of liberty, far more than the Democrats. Uh, The the only place that, and don't want to get into the whole abortion topic, but that's like this one place where you could have this argument. But almost in every other instance, Republicans uh, support a greater level of freedom. Even now, and I, I do feel strongly right now that, Freedom of speech is under attack, 
And while there's a lot of focus right now on the rhetoric of Donald Trump, which is uh, against the press, which is sometimes unwarranted and not helpful, at the same time, we have people being shouted down. We have censorship by technology companies. The robust freedom of the press that we have here in America is unique to the world. This does not exist in other places. And... Um, and I don't know that people realize that. And I think right now we may have a young generation that believes that a European model where, well, that's really nasty, so we should just not have that. And somebody decides what's so nasty that it can't be had. So that's where, um, you know, if I see a commitment to political and economic liberty from Democrats someday, maybe I can consider. You just gave me a challenge. Next time you come back, we're going to spend 20 minutes on abortion. We're going to debate this topic and find some middle ground. Deal? I don't know about that. (laughs) Before I let you go, I think you answered the question, but your wife, your son, are they on board if you want to keep running for this office? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're definitely... Well, my son is... Um, uh, he's, he's indifferent to what dad does. My, my wife, I mean, I think she likes... Uh, you know, it's a challenge at times scheduling, although nothing like when I was county clerk. And, uh, but, you know, your expectations of getting out to events and going out last night to Newcomb Township and things like that. But um, I think, yeah, she definitely... Uh, is on board, and um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in my later years of my political life, presumptively. I'm 54, so you know, I want to really make a great mark here. I don't think the mark will be as indelible as I'd like, so another four years would be really nice. Champaign County Recorder of Deeds, Mark Sheldon, thank you for your time today. Well, it's been a pleasure. I will come back, although I don't know about the abortion conversation. Roe v. Wade, Mark, you and me. (laughs) Thank you. Bye.